Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, my name is Mike Goldman, and welcome to On the Mic. Today on the show, Kai Brown. Sure is dead. Sure as taxes will find. Living hell. Building fences round the ones we love. Good buddy of mine, motorbike riding, Americana loving, folk music writing, artistic fashion guru. He is an artiste in the true sense of the word. He's had four albums, he's lived in the States for 10 years, toured all over the place. He's got that classic American singer-songwriter sounding music. You will love it. He's played shows for the Dalai Lama, toured with some big names. He also designs and hand stitches these incredible denim jackets. They're getting a cult following all over the world and selling for thousands of dollars in shops from Japan to LA. He can spend up to weeks making a jacket. Highly recommend checking out his label, All My Relations, on Instagram. Also, check me out on Instagram, why don't you? Mike Goldman Live. I'm on Twitter too, same name, and Facebook. And you can get all the dates that I have coming up at a website called onthemic.com. Next Sunday, if you're in Brisbane, I'm hosting a fundraiser called Art for Angus at Goma in the Brizzy Museum of Contemporary Art with my buddy Bianca Dye from 97.3 FM and Brooke Nicole Lee. I just found out she's coming down too. She's from Mako Mermaids on Netflix. We're helping find a cure for brain cancer and helping a little kid by the name of Angus. The poor little guy's got it and need some help go to onthemic.com for details and you can also get the details of my stand-up gigs coming up i have one in november at the sydney comedy club luna park on the mic test 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 with mike goldman ladies and gentlemen i'd like to introduce folk country music singer kai brown to on the mic Yes. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here, buddy. Thanks for having me. Hey, Legend. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm really well today. It's pretty cool to be in your little studio here in Sydney where you uh, do all your cowboy chain stitching and, uh, and talk to you about all your incredible music. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, it's happy to answer any questions and tell the stories. Well, firstly, let's uh, let everyone know where we actually first met, which was Palm Springs through a mutual friend uh, who is the Australian answer to Zoolander, Andrew McIver. <laughs> uh, we were hanging out in Palm Springs and met after one too many drinks by the pool at a place called the Ace Hotel. What were you doing there? Um, well, it's one of my favourite little getaways, actually. It's just outside of LA, like two hours, you know, and the weather out there is just incredible. And um, Isn't yeah. it the best part of the world? Yeah, I love it out there. Hey, there's just so much, um, just so much beautiful nature and it's just so different to Australia. And you go out there and you really feel like you're in somewhere unique. Good place to, uh, to do photo shoots and record music as well. There's a, a lot yeah. of artists and, and Hollywood uh, types would go there and escape the LA rat race. Absolutely. And, I mean, and it's got some great history there, hasn't it? Incredible history. And a lot of people don't realize that Joshua Tree is right there yeah. you know, in all the same vicinity. So it's like you've got Joshua Tree National Park. Mm. You've got um, you know, the town of Palm Springs, which like architecturally, if you're mm. into like, mid-century modern design or yeah. any of that sort of stuff. It's incredible. Like, there's just so much to actually do and see mm. there, and um, great hotels, great yeah. restaurants. Palm Springs uh, is like old Hollywood style, but Joshua Tree sort of becoming the uh, the new getaway for a lot of those types. So, all buying up property there and hanging out there. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that, that are hanging out and buying property there. It's quite cheap too. It's really cheap. Mm. Um, yeah, I've got some, a lot of friends out there as well who you know couldn't afford to live in LA um, or at least buy something in LA. So, so yeah, they, they go out there. It's two hours away. It's not that far, and it's it really feels like a holiday out there. It's you played a few little shows there too. I have. Yeah, I played out there, and we actually shot a music video out there. Um, I have a song called Princess of the Desert, mm. um, and we made the music video out out in uh, out in that part with, of the world with the Princess of Australia, Jess Hart. No, it was actually Ashley. Hart. Ashley Hart, yeah, her yeah. sister. I'm yeah. sorry, I got my supermodels mixed up. <laughs> well, they are sisters. What so is it with you hanging out with all these supermodels? Did you well, date one of them? No, no, no. I knew just, that. I'm just asking for the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both dear friends of mine, and I 
love and respect them and they're just incredible people incredible um supporters of my music and also yeah. of, of all my relations so my, clearly you're just going by the theory if i hang out with the hottest chicks in australia there's going to be other hot chicks around them. <laughs> i don't know about that but you know they're, they're beautiful people on the inside and out they're pretty cool they've done incredibly and like walking through westfield the other day you know you see one of them on the front of just jeans or general pants and the other mm. ones on the front of like Louis Vuitton or whatever they yep. they really have nailed it for Australia uh, and you've made a couple of jackets for them as well yep yep I've uh, well the very first jacket I made for all my relations was actually uh, for Ashley yeah and she's been a really good friend of mine for years and you know we met in LA and um, <clears throat> yeah she I sort of really sort of asked her if I could design her something that was mm. completely unique and one of a kind Obviously, someone like that, they get given clothes all the time. Yeah. And my whole concept with what I was doing with all my relations was like to try and create something for people that had everything, you know, like yeah. who wanted something really unique and really special. So her being one of my friends, like I was like, mm. hey, can I just try this idea on you and yeah. we'll see how it goes, you know? Well, that's how it works, you know? You, you bring out a new brand, you give it to an influencer and then all of a sudden you're going to sell hundreds of millions of dollars worth of this stuff. Like I got to make one name of Cameron Parker and he helped launch a company called Black Milk mm. and it was tights and they were just selling it out of a garage Brisbane yeah next thing you know after a few influences and and models are wearing their stuff they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars dollars worth online they're not even in shops so it's a great way to start so we, we should explain to people what cowboy chain stitching is all about you can see from if you're watching yeah. this on YouTube we've got these incredible old sewing machines they're not the, the cutting edge technology how come you, you you like to go with the uh, the older style sort of things that you've got in here well yeah I mean to back up a little bit chain stitch embroidery uh, I love how you add cowboy to it that's just, yeah that makes it just so much more legit but yeah. it's the, you know it's called chain stitch embroidery it's uh, it was actually invented in Europe uh, in the early turn of the century yeah. um, by a company it was manufactured by Cornelli, which is a, a sewing machine company. And mm-hmm. they developed this incredible, um, you know, engineering feat really for the time. It's, it's quite incredible, the machine. It's actually the only sort of sewing machine that acts on a 360 axis. So you can turn it like a, like a pencil. Mm. Uh, so it, it's able to create these very um, unique looking stitches, uh, mm. which are called chain stitching. A sophisticated pencil. Yeah, it kind of is. And then so it's very much, you know, it's a very unique sort of um, art form and something I was just like really fascinated by. Mm. Um, Who I, got you into it? Uh, well, I, initially I was on tour as a musician, like going through the States. And I on my days off, I love vintage clothes and especially vintage denim, like American yeah. denim. was always really passionate about that mm. stuff. Um, and on my days off, I would, um, I would go into these like Goodwill or what we'd call Salvation Army here or something. And I'd find these incredible old denim jackets. Mm. And on those denim jackets, you would sometimes find this, what looked like real folk art mm. embroidery. Like yeah. it looked handmade. It looked very personal. Yeah. It sometimes had someone's name on it. Yeah. Um, a company like, yeah, it was, it's quite incredible. So I was like really attracted to it. I was like, what yeah. is that? Like, That's and how cool. is that done? Because cool. like, like the ones you got yeah. here in, in the, uh, in your little office, your stitching studio you've got like yeah. a neil young harvest moon album cover up there and and this incredible one here that says the champ which is with the boxing gloves and, and the, the crown on it yeah. how long does it take you to do stuff like this and that other one behind you as well with the cactus and the, it looks like it might be the joshua tree or something like that it must take you a long time to do yeah i mean it's it's very labor intensive and um it takes a long time but saying that like some of these designs that I, you know if you're watching on youtube you'll see obviously but they're very um, detailed designs. Um, you know, we can do simple stuff too. It just depends on what people want. So when you come to the custom space, it's very, a lot of options, you know, a lot yeah. of things to choose. It, yeah, it does take, it does take quite a lot of time, you know, mm. many hours. And it's all, what a lot of people don't realize with this stuff is it's, it's actually a single needle, yeah. single stitch. Yeah, well. You know what I mean? There's, I, I'm not sending it off to mm. Bali or China yeah. or something to have someone pump it out. produced. No, no, it's, it's all bespoke. actually it's made boutique. by me, handmade, yeah. one of a kind. And I've had people try to, who've asked me to recreate a piece, you know, mm. and I actually can't recreate the piece the same because it's like, mm. it's an original piece of art. You that's, know? that's what I love. Yeah. Um, I got a, a jacket off you about a few months ago now. Yeah. My, my girlfriend ordered it. And because I like Hawaii and pineapples, you put aloha on the back and it's yeah. been in magazines as like a work of art. And, yeah. and people have asked you, just make that one again. He's like, no, I can't. Yeah. one of a kind they're all ones of a kind yeah well that's that's kind of my whole point you know what i feel like to be my point of difference yeah. is like i'm interested in working with people mm. um and creating something that's truly special to them that mm. they can potentially hand down to their kids or their grandkids or whatever and so like i'm you know 
not really interested in trying to recreate a design yeah. in that way. Like mm. I can redo, I can make that jacket again, but it's not going to look the way yours yeah. looked. You know what I mean? And that's the way things are heading really, isn't it? Because you've got all your Westfields and your shopping malls and everything. They're mm-hmm. slowing down because people aren't going to the shops as much anymore. They want yeah. something quick. Uh, but if, if Westfield and David Jones and all those big department stores are, are going to get people in, they need things that will get people to the stores so that they can mm-hmm. get something that, that is designed specifically for them. So yep. uh, this, this is the kind of kind of way that things are heading, do you think? Uh, yeah, I really believe, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of room in the custom space. I mm. think ultimately the reason I started doing this was um, because my grandmother was an incredible seamstress mm. and someone who was from an era where everybody made everything, you know? Yeah. So I really felt like I wanted to continue that on some sort of level with all my mm. relations in this company. Yeah. I wanted people to feel like they could get something that was special, that was unique, that wasn't something that everybody else had and they could express themselves mm. just the way they wanted to. It's art that you can wear. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and Australia like is so fashion forward. Like mm. we have some amazing designers, amazing brands that are like, you know, spreading away across the world mm. and we, um, you know, I think we have a lot to offer. Yeah. And so I, you know, one of the main reasons I came back mm. from living in LA and, and decided to launch all my relations here was because I feel like um, the Australian consumer would really enjoy this mm. experience. We're ahead, definitely. Yeah. And and so where else in the world has, has picked up on your jackets? I heard you've got a few on sale in Japan. You had, yep. so, had something going on with Disney as well. Tell us what's happening there. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm really grateful with the internet. Uh, you know, you're allowed to connect with a lot of people throughout Thank the world. Thank you, internet. Yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, this space is incredible, um, the online space, you know, especially Instagram and things like that. I mean, mm. that's how my business really began. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I work with a bunch of different clients across the world. Um, um, really ha- lucky to have the support of Levi's mm. in the US and in Australia. Um, but the US project that I did for them was through um, through Disney well, Disney World in Florida. Cool. So they created a custom Levi's tailor shop, um, and they asked me to design a collection of kids jackets. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. that were all one of a kind, mm-hmm. um, very kind of retro, kind of like '70s surf kind of style, like what you would see in Florida maybe oh, in the wow. '70s. Yeah. So yeah. no so, Mickey Mouse jackets at Disney though. No, I think I think we'd run into a few issues <laughs> yeah, with that. But might get um, in a little bit of trouble. But you know, um, speaking of Disney, mm. uh, my mate Cameron Parker, who's now working for the sunglasses company Sunday Somewhere, they're, they're the best glasses. I'm going to put them on right now. Right. Um, when he was working for um, the uh, the tights company, they just made some Disney tights and mm-hmm. like put Mickey Mouse on them just to see what would happen. Put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. They got legal letters left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah. And it's they very they use that as an opportunity to set up a meeting, and say, listen, we just did this as a test run. weren't selling them. Nudge, nudge, wing, wink. Mm. And then next thing you know, Disney said, all right, you can make them. Just uh, just give us a cut. Same thing happened with Lucasfilm. Happened really? with Harry Potter. Happened with, and and they can't make it fast enough. So I, I think people people get scared for from those big brands, but you just got to get in there to have a meeting with them and, and do a deal and, and things yeah. are sweet. So that that's pretty exciting. And and the thing I, I really liked about the stuff that uh, I saw because I, I checked out the stuff that was happening online at the uh, the Disney Studios that you that you're a part of, and people could take in their kids' drawing. And say, oh, I want this sewn into a jacket as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. other people's art can also be transferred on there. Mm-hmm. Not not in the way that you know you're just getting a print and putting it on a t-shirt or something like that. It's no. like the art is actually being sewn into the jacket. Which yeah. Is incredible. Yeah, I can share a story about that. Actually, um, I was uh, commissioned to make a piece for a friend of mine in California, and she actually had these hand hand drawn um, bits of art from her kids who were five and like seven or something. Yeah. You know? So there's fairly rudimentary, you know perfectly imperfect yeah. kids drawings you yeah. know and so what we actually she she asked me if i could do was to uh recreate those kids drawings uh on a jacket mm. for her and we added some stuff for from her husband who's a motorcycle rider yeah. so we had his number on there and we had her um you know a couple other details that she wanted um but essentially we were able to recreate her kids drawings on a jacket that she'll keep nice. forever that's awesome and it's an incredible memory you know yeah. and 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 yeah levi's does that a lot um, they did that. They do that at Disney, yeah, right. where people um, will bring in, um, you know, a kid's drawing, yeah. and they'll put it, uh, you know, put it on a jacket. That's and that's cool. essentially, you know, that's what I, I do as well. Mm. I, the custom space for me is very much yeah. something 
that is um, one of my main focuses so here at All My Relations. You, you, know? you mentioned that you love Levi's and the denim yeah. jackets. And like recently, I was at a, uh, a vintage store in Hawaii, and they had Levi's <clears> denim <throat> jackets that were like eight and a half thousand, ten thousand dollars each. Yeah, I think yeah. it was one that was even like fifteen thousand. Yep. You know that one with the, with the really old one that I showed you the picture yep, of, the single pocket. Yeah. So it's called a Type One. I uh, see. So he knows. Yeah. He knows his yeah. denim jackets. Yeah. A Type One, and and like the price is just out of this world yeah. for those kind of things because yep. they're, they're really hard to come by. What's what's yep. your association with Levi's and and what is the actual company think of you doing this kind of stuff well i mean i have a great relationship with levi's in australia and america um i'm really fortunate um to have that because they are although they're such a massive company they're really really connected to the to what people are interested in and and trying to personalize their products Mm. and they have been a huge supporter so i mean i'm first and foremost really passionate about denim i always have been i think it's a very um, obviously it's a really sturdy fabric mm. and it's something that's like, it doesn't really go out of style. Like yeah. a pair of 501s and a white t-shirt and a pair of boots is, for a guy is always going to be in style. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like you're following a trend when mm. you're following uh, with denim or w- with a company like Levi's or whatever. So mm. I'm very much interested in in classic style and mm. classic sort of um, workwear and things like that. And so... For me, um, working with them has been has been incredible. Like mm. they have been such a supporter of what I do. Um, they're very much interested in the vintage side of what they have as well. Um, that whole history about you know Levi's and why they're so expensive is because you know a lot of those pieces are mm. you know, companies like a hundred and something years old. You know, yeah, one hundred and twenty-five wow. years, I think. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of old pieces that are mm. floating around out there that incredibly collectible worth a yeah. lot of money mm. um and there's actually a great film if anyone's interested it's called blue gold that just came out this year blue gold what's, about, what's that about well it's about guys who go out into the southwest of america mm. where all the miners were for the gold rush yeah. and back in those days like that's levi's was a mining pant you know like it was designed <laughs> for workers yeah so what would happen is these guys would go down to these mine shafts yeah and they would um be working all day they'd shred their pants you yeah. know they'd get a new pair and there'd sometimes be a draft that would come down and, yeah. and, and make the mine cold at night when they were staying there. So they'd shove their old pants up there to block the draft. We need to shove some yeah. pants in the roof here to block the draft. I know. We've got to, we've, it is know, the windiest freaking day in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, it is. Blow the dog off the chain and then some. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's mental. It's so cr- how much do these things cost? So at the yeah. moment, I'm wearing the, uh, my Dusty Plains shirt because I had a little foray into country music where I played one show and recorded one song. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you actually chain-stitched Dusty on the front. I mean, yeah. that, that would be the cheaper end of the scale but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. What, what's the price range for something like this if someone brings you one of their vintage denim jackets oh yeah i mean it's 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 varied as i said it's custom so i mean just for a basic monogram like like your name or something it's like 60 bucks yeah um but you know like it goes up all the way into you know some of the pieces of japan sell for like three thousand dollars you know wow that's um, would that be yeah. something like something yeah like this yeah exactly here? yeah exactly so yeah. but and they're I mean, only going to go up in value as well because they're one off exactly and 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 as i was explaining like these take not just days but sometimes weeks yeah um to like conceptualize and design and then choose the colors and lay out the drawing and, yeah and you know there's a lot of energy and time that goes mm. into it and so um, you know, part of what I do is like helping people to understand mm. also like what they're getting, mm. you know, like sometimes people will go, oh my God, like three grand. And, you know, not every piece is obviously that much, but, yeah. you know, one of the marquee pieces. And when people see the work and they come in the studio, they see that I'm actually stitching on this machine. that's mm. like one needle stitch at a time. They're like, oh my yeah. gosh, like, dude, how does that even happen you know like and and the stitching that you've got around here the the thread is is Mm. this all all modern day current stuff is that evolving Um, with the technology or some of it some of it hard to get vintage threads well actually it's funny you ask because like i have a a a rack i'm sorry a shelf there of stuff that's all new old stock that i found in the u.s that's um there was a really famous designer um back in the day called nudie cohen and he was the guy yeah yeah that made the suits yeah he's the famous like suit guy and like he's actually he wasn't a chain stitch embroidery artist, as far as I know, but uh, he actually was someone who was a designer and yeah. he had chain stitch embroidery. He did those crazy suits for like Elvis and Glenn El- Campbell and all yep. all the all the big suits. Graham of- Parsons was a really famous one with the yeah. with the marijuana leaf and the yeah. and the crosses. Yeah. You can Google it; it's incredible. They're stuff. pieces of art, you know. Yeah, so really that was are. all chain stitch embroidery. And, and, and like now, yeah. how much do they cost? I think I saw oh, them online like, for hundreds of thousands. Of yeah, some of them, like the Elvis yeah. suit, uh, I think it's millions, it, millions, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous, you know. But point being... Didn't is he that, make the gold one as well, the famous gold one? Uh, yeah, he made yeah. the gold suit. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's Nudie Cohen. Um, he's like, you know, in a lot of people's minds, like the, you know, someone who made Chainsaw Embroidery, mm. like, to the, took it to the mainstream and get, really gave it a style um, that people related to in the country, yeah. especially in the country music world. Like, um, you know, it's pretty incredible work that you see. Mm. Um, but a lot of that thread is actually the same th- style of thread that they would use back in the day. So that's a very wow. unique um, looking thread that mm. actually isn't made anymore. So I've only got a certain amount yeah. left. When that's gone, um, I've been told I, I, I don't know where I'm going to get any more. But, yeah. um, you know, I have modern threads too. And, um, you know, I, I like, again, that's kind of part of the customization process. People come in and share their story and share yeah. what they want. And I can choose a thread based upon whether they want something that's matte finish, yeah. gloss, whatever. We can get super geeky these, with it. You know? These threads for a limited time only at Kai Brown Studios. <laughs> hey, uh, so yeah. you've, you've made them for a few famous people. Yeah. Uh, we've mentioned uh, all of the gorgeous models you know, but you also did them some jackets recently for a band called All Our Exes Live in Texas. Yeah. And they're touring the States with the Oils. Uh, yeah, Oil, they I just I think they just finished a tour with Midnight Oil. Yeah. Um, I think they're actually back over there doing their own shows now. Mm. But those girls are incredible. They're just the most lovely people. Um, we made well I made all their tour jackets yeah um, awesome we can see them on your Instagram all my relations as yeah well. and on theirs as well I'm sure like yeah. they're, they're rocking around the world with them and yeah. um, I went to their we, well, you and I went to yeah. their city release party a few weeks ago which was incredible Amazing they're so shows. funny yeah there's so much fun such yeah. cool girls good value and like I think they talked you know, more than they played songs but I like that yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just all part of the shtick, you know, like they just had a great shtick going on. They were funny, uh, great music, great singing, um, really entertaining. I love those guys. And, you know, it's one of the great things about what I get to do in this space is I, mm. I'm able to collaborate and sort of work with other artists and help them um, execute a vision of what they, what, you know, what they want to get. Any other famous people hit you up? Any other celebs wearing your jackets? Um... I don't know. I a mean, lot of Instagram stars, other yeah, models. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people um, who've who've ordered pieces from me. It's it's you know, I'm really grateful. You know, it's not always about that. It's like I'm grateful for someone who wants to come in and mm. and design a jacket. You know, it's always it's always good to get promotion on Instagram and stuff because that's what really drives like the marketing and the business side of it. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm trying to be a brand for people who want something really special. You yeah. know, like it's not necessarily um, you know other than that it's that's that's kind of i, I want to be available for people mm. in that sense you know i want i want them to feel like they can order something that's truly one of a kind yeah and we yeah. won't talk about the stuff that you did for pharrell chris isaac madonna because i know <laughs> not, i know we're not allowed to so you signed contracts for I, that. I, yeah i won't bring that up but uh speaking of music yeah uh it's something i really want to talk to you about as yeah. well because that that's something that that uh, i think is just so incredible about you how many albums have you released now and recorded when you're uh, living in la for 10 years yeah i, I released four um four cds or yeah. cds that makes me sound so CDs. Old. yeah so I, I released four tapes <laughs> uh, both A, A and B sides. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I released four recordings yeah. uh, over uh, a, an amazing, amazing decade yeah. of living and touring out of L, based out of LA. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a yeah. sort of, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a country music vibe. It's more a folk mu- music vibe, a bit of a bit of Neil Young sort of influence in there, mm-hmm. I'd say. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up um, with parents who really were into Americana. Uh, folk music um, a lot of times people confuse that with country music yeah. but like to me it's there's elements of country music but mm. not really you know what mm. I mean it's it's more based around that um, classic American singer songwriter stuff mm. um, you know my last record I definitely experimented a bit more which mm. uh, was great we recorded in this old church up in the Pacific Palisades uh, which is just West LA mm-hmm. in the mountains yeah, wow. and it was incredible um, I was able to use this big old church organ and we set up a whole studio in there. And yeah. I had like, at that point, I've been living in LA for like seven or eight years. Mm. And so I'd, I had this incredible connection of in- musicians who, who were just really good friends of mine who yeah. came in and recorded with me and helped me make this album. It's an incredible yeah. album. If you get the Thanks. chance to have a listen to it, uh, don't just listen to it on Spotify or iTunes <laughs> or whatever. So poor old Kai here, the struggling musician, only gets two cents. Buy it. It's only a few dollars and trust me, like Molly Meldrum used to say, do yourself a favor because it's a freaking awesome album. Well Thank worth, you. well Thank worth you, the man. listen. Songs like Princess of the Desert, um, Big Moon Rising. Big Moon Rising. It, yeah. It's a great song and it's it's well well worth a listen. So uh, Thanks, buy man. it. Get out there and have a listen. And uh, you you got to do some incredible shows over the years. Mm. Uh, one of, one of the most memorable for you would have been playing a show for the Dalai Lama. 
that was, I think, for anybody, that would be the most memorable yeah. <laughs> experience. But for me, yes, it was. How did that come about? Did you get to meet him and how many people were there? What's, what's the story? Um, yeah, it's an interesting story. So I was quite a little bit of a transition in my career. I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do next uh, style-wise, my music. So what I usually do when I'm in that space is I get on my motorcycle and I ride across America. And You do fl- that a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've done it like four or five times. It must be incredible. Yeah, it's, it's one, we joke about it. We call it road meditation. Yeah. And because you're, you're out on the, on the road for, yeah. you know, eight hours a day. Yeah. And you, you just, you're in your own helmet and you're either listening to a podcast or you're listening to some music. We'll, get, we'll go back to that. I want to talk yeah. about that, that more. Because yeah. those, those motorcycle trips, I've seen some of the photos and videos. Yeah, yeah we can talk, talk about, about that. that. But Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama, let's go there. Crazy. So, Dalai Lama, well, the reason I mentioned the motorcycle trips is because when I got the call, mm. I actually was on the first day of the motorcycle trip. <laughs> yeah. um, so, we got up at three in the morning. Uh, to beat traffic out of LA and we ended up in Zion National Park at 7 o'clock that night oh, yeah? we had one bar of reception mm-hmm. um, I was setting up my tent this beautiful beautiful national park if you've ever seen Zion you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about mm. the sun is setting I get one bar of reception and the phone rings and yeah. it's my friend Chelsea who I've known for years um, in LA and she's a part of uh, a committee of people who's selecting artists to perform for the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday so she called me up and she was like, Kai, it's Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm great, how are you? I'm actually out in Zion, I've got one bar of reception, it may cut out at any moment. She's like, listen, I've got, I'll be quick. Um, how would you like to perform for the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday? At yeah. Anaheim, the Honda Center in Anaheim. It'll be 27,000 people. <laughs> what? Uh, it'll be Michael Frante and Randy Jackson and no. all these people. And I'm like, ah. Uh, and I'm looking out at Zion National Park at the top of this mountain as the sun's <laughs> setting, the most beautiful place in the world. And I just... I'll never forget that moment because yeah. it was, it wasn't like I got the call sitting in traffic in LA uh-huh. or any of those things, man. Like it was truly one of the most divine moments of my life. And, and so when, yeah. you, when you got there, when you played the show, how was it? Uh, the show was just so special on a number of reasons. One, um, I got to share it with my friend Debbie Nova, who is uh, someone I've sung with a lot over the years and is a really good singer and tremendous person and friend and my band, which were mostly Australians actually. Um, and we've all sort of been in the Australian, you know, Australians in LA crew yeah. forever and ever. Um, and it was really nice because these guys are like some of the most hardworking, incredible people, um, musicians, talented as, and we all got to share that moment together up at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Uh, so man, it was, it was just, we got to play two songs. Um, I didn't get to meet him. Um, what? You didn't get to meet him? Nah, I didn't get to meet him. Oh, but, spewing. Yeah. But we, he was rocking out to your songs? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Meditating I, to I'm your sure songs? he was like Axl Rose and just kind of, <laughs> he kind of just shuffled in at the last second. Did, and, did you send him you your know. CD or anything like that? Uh, no. No, it was just, it was, it was a very much like a larger than life experience, man. Like yeah. I was part of something that was truly a world event. Yeah. Um, and you've got children's choirs from China. You've got... Um, you've got singers from, you know, all over America and South America and, uh, you know, you've got guys like Michael Frante and Randy Jackson and like all these incredible people who are, you know, like I just felt part of, yeah. I, I was just grateful That's cool, to be man. part of the moment and to, to step on stage mm. and look out at 27,000 people at the, you know, the Honda Center in Anaheim. You know? How'd they dig your show? Did you sell a few t-shirts? No, I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was never about selling anything. It yeah. was just truly about, about being there. Yeah, being man, it was it. just being a part of it. Yeah. And I was really grateful as well because my parents flew over for it. And, oh, wow. You know, they've been huge supporters of my music career my whole whole life, you know. Yeah. So it was really gratifying as well mm. to share that moment with them. Do you, uh, do you ever think, um, maybe I should go to Tibet like Anthony Kiedis did and just show up at the Dalai <laughs> Lama's house? Have you read Scar Tissue? No. So but Anthony Kiedis just showed up at the Dalai Lama's house. Really? And he knocked on the door, like the, the temple or whatever it is, right. in, the, in the middle of the Tibetan mountains. Really? He's gone on this trek, probably with his shirt off with a sock over his cock. Yeah. And he's knocked on the door <laughs> and go, hey, uh, Dalai Lama, in can... No, no you, you need to book an appointment with the Dalai Lama. Piss off, mate. And you know some, who I am? I'm Anthony Kiedis. And put some clothes on. So can you just tell him Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is here? So I guess they've got the internet there. They've Googled him and gone, yeah. okay. And he actually ended up having a meeting. It's, wow. it's, it's a great part of the story. But it's an awesome part of your story. Thanks. Um, playing a show for him and, and, and all of the shows that you've, you've got to play mm. across America. And, yeah. and like you, you went to Nashville. And, and first off, you went to America to, to go to Texas and work with some people over there. Yep. Um, what's what's next for the music? Um, I've I've basically like decided that I'm just 
I, I spent 10 or 12 years um, just some of the most incredible experiences working with some of the most amazing musicians so many of those dreams that I've I wanted to achieve have come true yeah uh, so musically wise what I've what I'm doing is I'm just sort of taking a, a, a half a step back and I'm just sort of reassessing what I want to do next and make, make some jackets and make some cash <laughs> well you know make some on, art. honestly it's Live like the dream yeah I mean I do so much of the all my relations has become um, such a great uh, vehicle for me mm-hmm. to to share what I'm doing with this side of my art and what I'm creating that um, I'm just sort of like music sort of right there and I know when the time comes the songs are going to flow and everything's going to come come back together again and um, I, I will go out and put more music out there. Mm. Um, my brother's also an incredible musician so I'd, yeah. I'd be really excited to work with him. Sorry, show the other night. Yeah. Uh, so his band's called Dope Lemon. Yeah, Dope Lemon, yeah. And uh, the other guys in his band are incredible as well. How are yeah. they doing? They just played recently at Splendor in the Grass? Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I made a jacket for for Angus Stone and and Rowan, my brother, and Mm. uh, for the show. And it was great. I mean, the show was incredible. It was, you know, like I've been there, you know, watching those guys. I mean, we grew up, we all grew up together, you know. So I've been watching those guys jam together since they were like little kids, you know. So it's been, it was just a really incredible moment. It's great to watch those guys play music together. and, And I mean, their album to me is like, regardless if it was my brother like i think it's one of the best albums i've heard in the last couple of years like it's an incredible album so i love it i listen to it all the time so uh you and your brothers you're all artists yeah how do you how do your parents handle bringing up yeah, young boys who decided they're going to be artists was that hard uh, for them yeah i don't I, I think it maybe i don't know my parents are very like free-flowing people they're mm. kind of hippies from the 70s mm. um, although they're you know very responsible and like you know hard-working people um mm. you know I don't know. I, I don't think they probably predicted this was the way it was going to be. But, mm. um, you know, they, they've always been super supportive of our dreams yeah. and whatever we wanted to do. They've always given us 100% support, which, you know, it's so important, I think. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm really grateful for that. It's really, it gave me the courage to go out and pursue my dreams mm-hmm. because I think if you have that sort of from home, um, it allows you to be less fearful of, yeah. of going after something you really want. Yeah. And, you know, not that you can't if you don't have that, but like for me, it was, it was definitely like a factor. It makes such a difference yeah. to have loving and encouraging parents, no matter mm. what sex they are. Vote yes. <laughs> uh, and my dad's the same, you know, Grant Goldman is a radio announcer. Yeah. My mum, Erica Hammond, she's a, uh, a TV host. So growing up around that, they pushed me to, to be a loudmouth, crazy kid. And, yeah. and hence here I am doing podcasts and TV shows and movies and all that Dude, kind of crazy I, stuff. I mean, I, as you know, you, might have, you and I have been friends for a couple of years now. I have just been so stoked to watch your journey, you know. It's been incredible. Well, you were one of the people who pushed me to do the podcast. Right. Because we're talking about um, Osher Gunsberg. He's a, a mutual friend of ours. He lived with yeah. you in LA for a long time. And yeah. he, he was bored out of his brain and thought he'd start up this, his podcast, which is going great. And it's Killing it, and it's yeah. awesome. If you get a chance to download it and have a listen, uh, Osher's got some great interviews on there as well. So good. And I so, love Yeah, him. you yeah. pushed me to do it. And it, it's been going really good. We've had interviews with Kerbox from Bondi Rescue, John Laws, even my dad. Uh, and you now, just, yeah. there's so many. But um, on the uh, the whole LA thing where mm. we met, you lived in a in a, a caravan. Well, not just. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A caravan, Mm. an Airstream for 10 years. Mm. What was that like as an experience? Did you ever get sick of that? Well, yeah. uh, No, I didn't get sick of it. I um, well, it was actually five years. So I I mean, I lived in LA for ten years, but the airstream. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know what an airstream is, um, it's like one of those vintage silver trailers from like the mid-century modern like Mm. architecture books or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's an incredible piece of uh, American architecture. Yeah, that's actually a mobile home and a trailer. So (laughs) (laughs) you trailer trash for five years. Yeah, people people used to you know take the piss in a lot of ways. Yeah, trailer trash and all. And I was like, yeah, mate, but it's a good looking trailer. You were were living in Venice Beach. Yeah, and and so what was it like when you're meeting a lady down at the local pub? You want to come and check out my airstream? Would they go? You serious? (laughs) 
You live in a fucking caravan? No, piss off. Well, you can tell if someone likes you, you. You know, if you if you live in a caravan, you're obviously not a multi-millionaire. So, you know. But you never know around Venice Beach. That's the new Silicon Valley, isn't it? Well, they call it Silicon Beach. That's the joke, yeah. you know, because it's like Snapchat and Google. And, you know, it was interesting. I moved to Venice in uh, like late 2007. Mm. Uh, and it was, you know, one of the more sketchy places to be. And <laughs> I moved there because it was a cool arts community and also like it was cheap to live. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely changed a lot. But, you know, living in the airstream for me was all about simplicity. Books have been written about living a minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, totally. And not having all the clutter in your life. And you can't fit much clutter in a caravan anyway. No, I mean, I, well, I managed to fit quite a bit because I had a little music set up where I record people. Um, and I also had my sewing machine in there and I was stitching jackets. The first jackets that were made were made in the airstream. So I actually managed to use cool. the space really well. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm all, when you live in California, mm. it's sunny like 300 yeah. something days a year. It's pretty it's good amazing, weather. Dude. Love like, living there. You don't want to be inside. So like, why am I paying for this big apartment that I, that I'm not, that I don't want to spend any time in? So yeah. for me, it was more like a base and being close to like the action Venice like yeah. it's such a cool place to live man and I've got so many great friends there and it's, it was just one of the most enjoyable experiences and I didn't want to like overcompensate with a huge house and yeah. a bunch of stuff and if you, you know? you're in a house I mean I was living there I was worried about earthquakes but in an airstream you're, yeah. you're like in a safety pod and it's got yep. tires so you know it'll bounce and move with the movement of the earth totally it's funny I never thought about earthquakes until <laughs> I got my mail one day and yeah. there was a pamphlet in there saying what to do yeah. when a tidal wave hits because we're in the lowest part of oh, yeah, yeah, California yeah. there in Venice uh -huh. Like, and there's signs actually on the street in Venice which way if a tidal wave comes to run know? yeah, like, yeah. It, like in Thailand for all the tsunamis they yeah. have arrows pointing with, with a wave on these signs yep. saying you got to go this way this way this way to exit you know which is I don't know kind of cat if you, if you know have a compass you can figure out the east and west right mm. like you're probably going to want to run east if you hit the west coast well you, know? you could just go and get in your airstream <laughs> wouldn't it just float uh possibly you could just surf it i mean that's what i always thought <laughs> but i i was actually in a couple of earthquakes um the scariest one was in san diego i was actually living down there for a little bit oh really yeah and um i was living in a fifth floor loft apartment downtown san diego wow and i'm not even kidding you man i was like eating a bowl of cereal it was like 8 30 in the morning i was like watching the tv and all of a sudden like the building mm. and the pictures on my wall just start shaking and i'm like oh my god it's scary yeah, isn't it like i was just freaking what did out you do? did you go did you go and stand in in the doorway or did you uh no i i don't really remember it was like i i just ran mm. i just ran out um luckily i was in a building uh, i later found out that was actually on rollers it was a newer building and they oh, they wow. built them in california on on these some sort of retracting rolling setup where when an earthquake hits it, so it doesn't crumble it just the building. rolls to the next suburb and yeah just keeps away. it's like yeah it's uber <laughs> building or something you know? i'm gonna order a building yeah exactly. I, I was in one in la because uh, <laughs> i lived on the edge of runyon canyon freaked me out i was oh, i was in my bed late at night and, and I, was, I was having a nightmare anyway i was having a bad dream and I felt like I needed to get up and go to the toilet as well. But you know when you're sort of lucid dreaming, you know, you know you're sort of asleep but yeah. you're awake and knew that I needed to get up in, in, in a minute to do a number one. And then all of a sudden, this earthquake's woke me up. <laughs> and the whole room shaking. Yeah. And I've never been in an earthquake before in my life. Uh -huh. And Tyrone Noonan, another musician, I was talking to him only like a week earlier, and he said he just moved from LA because he's worried about all the earthquakes. And a new seismologist uh -huh. has said the whole West Coast was going to fall into the ocean one day. And I'm, yep. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, this is it. It's happening. It's, yep. it's the last days of Pompeii. I'm going to die. And, and at that moment, I just started pissing my pants. You're kidding. I actually pissed my pants. And, wow. and, I, and I looked down and I'm like, no. What's going on? And I had to hold it. And I got up in the earthquake and I'm bouncing off the walls and trying. I should have. Dude, I've never known this about you. I'm, I'm glad we got to the I'm podcast to, this, to share this story. I'm, I'm sharing this for the first time. And uh, <laughs> and I was freaking out. And my, my flatmate, uh, JC, who I was living with, he's a musician from a 80s rock band by the name of Circus in LA. Yeah. And he uh, he's yelling out, Stay in your bed or stand in the hallway in, in the archway. It's an earthquake. And I'm like, I oh, know. I'm trying not to piss my pants. Oh, my God. Well, dude. Was, it was one of the scariest things that ever happened it's, to me. It, yeah. It's one of those things that it's so 
uh, uncontrollable. Mm. Like you, you, like um, we. you just, yeah, you just, you're completely out of control. Like you realize <laughs> how much you actually are in this earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. You are so minuscule because when an earthquake, you're under an earthquake, man, it is like, you're not yeah. getting away from anything. I got that. You know what I mean? Like, I was freaking out. It is out. the world that's moving, you know? <laughs> so we, we both love motorbikes. Yeah. I've only got a moped, but you've been <laughs> riding around Harleys across <laughs> yeah. the US and, and some of the video clips that you've made for your songs are, uh, uh, videos of some of your trips as well, yeah, which is great. I think yep. um, Big Moon Rising, Big, Big Moon Rising as yeah, well was, was one of that. the video clips that you shot on on one of your trips. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about how amazing that is to ride a uh, big Harley across America. Uh, well, if you're a motorcycle rider, like it is the must do thing in your lifetime. Like it's absolutely incredible. I can't even recommend it highly enough. Mm. Um, I've ridden across all different parts of America. I wouldn't say I've ridden across, but I've ridden... The first trip was LA to Montana. Mm. Uh, then the second one, we did uh, the southern rim of Utah. Mm. Um, and then last year, we did um, Gallup, New Mexico, LA to Gallup, which wow. is, uh, you know, southwest. Um, what was the best? What was amazing? I mean, that first trip to Montana, man, mm. was just incredible. It was mm. like me and four of my buddies, you know, who are all just passionate motorcycle guys. And we took the 101 mm. all the way to the end of Oregon, you know, through the redwoods of California and wow. then up into Bend, Oregon and then across. Mm. And then... Did you mm, camp or did yeah, you get we hotels just, or what did you uh, do? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a kind of a glamper. So I like do one, you know, <laughs> my friends, all, my, it was always a joke with me because I could do like two nights camping and yeah. then like one night in a hotel. Yeah. I was like, I need a shower. You and know, were you, um, were you all cheap asses and chipped in for like a, a room and you'd all sleep on the floor? Totally, or yeah, yeah. Get your yeah. own rooms? Or? No, no, no. There's no rock and roll. How was, was that sleeping in close quarters like that? All you stinking bikies. Oh man, it was funny. It was like, because actually I'm the funniest because I like sleep talk. Um, so the guys would like try and have conversations with me because when I'm really tired and I crash out, mm. I would like be lucid, <laughs> having lucid dreams about riding a motorcycle, you know. And, and so they all thought it was hilarious because uh, they would, um, you know, try to have these weird conversations. Any run-ins with the cops? Pull you over? Keep uh, thinking you're yeah, bikers. yeah. Actually, in the middle of Utah, um, uh, we got uh, we got pinned. We were just gunning it, dude. Like it was just a straight road for oh. like no joke, like a hundred miles breaking the speed, and it, it was just. Yeah, I don't know how fast we were going. I was just, I was listening to like some amazing like psych rock and just jamming in my headphones and just... What did the cops say? Uh, we don't well, take too kindly to your types riding through here like that. Well, it was kind of crazy, man, because we came over a crest of a hill and he was hiding on the other side and we just, it was like easy rider. We just bolt, we just ripped by him. And the moment we saw him, we were like, oh, oh no, here we go. <laughs> And so we, did you all looked, pull over or one yeah, of you no, pulled no, over? no, no, we all pulled over. Oh, like, nice. So I looked in the rearview mirror and I just saw him rip a huge U <laughs> with the lights on. <laughs> no. and, I, and we're in the middle of the desert and I'm like, is he going to like take us out? Like Breaking Bad all. style? Like what's going to happen? Like, you know, um, wow. but we explained that we were from Australia and we, we were in kilometers and not miles. And so we were a little oh. bit confused with the speed. <laughs> <laughs> and he believed you. Yeah. He let you go? Yep. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. We were like, mate, we're so sorry. We just mm. put the heavy Aussie accent on and... We, you know, we just haven't ridden through here before. We don't really know, you know, miles per hour. It's a bit confusing, you know. And uh, he was like, guys, like, that was just crazy. Like, you guys have to slow down. And, slow down. Yeah. Slow down, you crazy Aussies. What about, uh, you get any bikey brawls in any pubs on the way through? Uh, we, 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 we drove by some, like, one percenters. Like, yeah, um, real bikies. Yeah, yeah, real bikies, like, in formation. And, you know, much respect, we just moved to the right and let them go mm. past. But it was kind of intimidating, you know. You see these, like, one percenters, like, on their mm. huge choppers, like, all, like, in formation. And, like, you just don't want to mess with that Little did you know they're actually accountants from California. <laughs> yeah, no, but these guys did not look accountants. They're really? No, oh, yeah, they were legit, you know. Wow. And, man, I'll tell you what. One of the craziest towns up in Northern California is this place called Eureka. What? And it's where they grow all the weed, like because ca- weed's legal in, in in California, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they cultivate all the weed and stuff mm. up there. So mm. this town, dude, it's yeah. like The Walking Dead or something. It's just, the, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Like it's such a, a an interesting environment. It's it's quite fascinating. It's yeah. like California's Nimbin by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's a little Eureka. darker than that. Hey, like it's just it's quite interesting. We we had a you know really. We were ready to get out of there. It was so you've probably seen well, you've seen a lot more of America than me, mm. a lot more than most. Yeah, traveling across the U.S. on a bike. Uh, how amazingly different, incredibly different are all the the different states of America? Mate, that's the one thing people think about the states is like it's New York or it's L.A. or Chicago or San Francisco. It's like the real America is 
in the in the middle like you there's so much diversity of landscape yeah you can have like the mountains of like wyoming and montana and then you've got the the southern deserts of uh the southwest of arizona and Mm. utah and new mexico like utah to me is like one of the most diverse states i've ever been to like Mm. the southern rim is this place called canyonlands and it's this it looks like the moon it's this beautiful red rocked um mountains and just the most amazing scenery i've ever seen Mm. and then you go north and it's mountains and skiing and yeah and like colorado and snow and like it's a totally different experience and i encourage anyone who's not driven around america like that is the way to see drive it. across it yeah well just drive like do the southwest mm. to me i'm a huge fan of the mm. southwest i think it's like one of the most inspiring architecturally yeah i think the people are incredible um and you just run into these characters man like it is just the way mm. and the, what we did as well is we stayed off all the freeways mm. so we'd only take what's called the blue roads which is the roads that were before free before the interstates were built yeah so you got these little old towns in the, you know the wild west towns that, yeah. that's still kind of there but you know they're kind of lost in time yeah so cool. so that's how you really experience yeah. uh america man like that's people the, are so different as they're well, so they? different and so cool and so stoked that we made the effort to like drive through their town you know and they've got random things like old bowling alleys that like serve breakfast 24 hours a day like like you see yeah. in the movies yeah, it's dude. actually real yeah there's a town in montana called anaconda and Anaconda, Montana, you can Google it, but it has this old bowling alley that yeah. was, uh, you know, the, the old hangout of the old copper mine. There's yeah. a copper mine or a, some sort of mine there. I think it's copper, but um, all the miners and people used to go hang out there and they'd serve 24 hours a day breakfast and they would have this, they've got this bowling alley in there that has literally been preserved since the 60s. Mm. It is like, it looks like something out of uh, like Mad Men or something like really? century, like <laughs> the old dot matrix like what? machines no. and like the lanes and the balls even like the bowling balls are just like straight out of the 60s what it's lost in time it's hasn't changed so cool i like, love it great yeah. place for a photo shoot too. oh my gosh shoot dude. A video clip. and they were like so stoked that we we made yeah, they're like what are you guys even doing here like who are you I mean, some of these people have never met australians they have no they've never left their state so they're wow. so stoked they're they so different to, to people who would be in like LA as opposed yeah. to a town like that I mean yeah. I've, I've heard you say before it's not so much the United States of America it's the divided states of America because yeah and, and it's been proven in the, in the uh, election Donald Trump Hillary Clinton and people voting yep. so differently for who they want to be their president yeah I mean it's 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 a very interesting time right now yeah um, but I mean I've been to almost every state in the country by Alaska and the Dakotas mm. Um and it, it really is a very diverse place. Mm. You know, there's a lot to see. There's a lot to experience. Um, a lot of history there, you know. Yeah. And a lot of history a lot of people don't understand, you know. Like, the Native Americans, like, you know, like, such incredible people, you know what I mean? So oppressed mm. in the history of America. But yeah. um, some of my best friends, and actually the name of my company is is All My Relations, which is a, a Native American term for we are all related, we are all connected, you know. And that was something that came from... Um, my experience with it, with my incredible Native American friends out in, in Utah and New Mexico. Right. Uh, what, what do you mean? How did that come about? Well, we were on a trip and my friend Trek, who was one of the guys who, to me, is one of the most traveled people in the world. He's just an incredible mate of mine. And uh, <laughs> The name like Trek, you'd, yeah. you'd expect no, him no. to be a traveler. His whole name is Trek Thunder Kelly. <laughs> So when he was born, it's basically, yeah. okay, two dogs, get out there and yeah, do your thing. You are going to kick ass in life, man. You are going to travel. You are going to be that guy. And he is that guy. Yeah. And so he introduced us to um, all his friends out in the, in the Native American community. And uh, we were very fortunate to be invited into a traditional Native American ceremony and to get to spend a night in a hogan, which is a traditional Native American structure. Right. So yeah. we did a thing called a smudge down, which is a, a welcoming kind of... Uh, ceremony, uh, very... Sounds like what I had for dessert last night. Yeah, yeah. I get, well, it, it's not like that, but... <laughs> so what's a smudge down? A smudge down was, it was essentially like a, you walk into this Hogan, it's like a circular kind of room, and there's photos of like young Native Americans all the way around to the elders around to the other side, and the whole spirit is that you walk in as a young and inexperienced uh, spirit, and you walk out with a little bit more experience around the circle. And oh. so it was all of us um, doing this doing this particular ceremony together and we got to sleep in there the night which was even more incredible um why is but, that do you have freaky dreams oh man i think i 
I must have after the eagle feathers and the sage and the whole they thing. They make you smoke some shit. No, we didn't but- smoke anything. But at the end of the at the end of the whole uh, experience. Uh, you had to like say a blessing for the next person, and then the end of that was with all my relations. So you basically yeah. were able to uh, say your blessing to your family, to your friends, whatever, and then the transition to the next person would be and with all my relations. And at the end of that, I was just blown away with the mm. interconnectedness that we all sort of felt together as a group. Yeah. And I asked Alex, I was like, Alex, what's all my relations? And he explained it to you. Yeah, he's like, man, it's uh, we are all related, we are all connected. And I was like. That was a light bulb moment. I was it's like, true. That is, and I. You, you go know, back far enough, we're all related. Yeah. And we're and, all fish as yeah, well, apparently. And, you know, and, and with what I do in, in this design process and this creation of, of this, this medium, I'm really, I am getting to connect with people and get to hear their story and mm. get to stitch that onto a, a jacket, you know. Mm. And so it, it really is thread based storytelling, I like to call it. Mm. Because, and, you know, through that, there's a, there's an incredible connection with my customers and a lot of your my friends. Your who, stories are on your jackets, exactly. Like, like yeah. the one behind you, yeah. Like you've spent a bit of time in uh, in the desert, yep. And, and I guess the the memories and the thoughts were going through your mind as you're making that. What, what inspired that one? Well, that actually, this was one of the first jackets that um, that I that I did uh, when I launched all my relations, and I wanted to do something in honor of that trip. And that's the Saguaro cactus, which is uh, a native cactus to the the southwest of the U.S. Uh, mainly Arizona. Um, and I have a really special connection to, to Arizona as well. I spent a lot of time there. And I decided that was going to be one of the first like major pieces that I was mm. going to do and just in honor of, of that part of the world and what, what the kind of amazing uh, experiences that it's given me. Mm. Gee, uh, there's uh, some pretty full-on stuff going on in, over in Charlottesville. Did you end up going through there? Was that no, I didn't get through? all the way to the East Coast. So mainly um, I've spent most of my time um, on the west coast yeah. and then as far in as like wyoming yeah and uh colorado and mm. then down to uh new mexico is it is really like nazis around in america like still KKK uh, kind I of people they're, they're I th- pro- yeah. protesting and, and marching for for white rights or whatever it was in charlottesville and antifa went in there yeah. and they had a big blow up the other day you, you don't see a lot of that kind of stuff floating around over there do you uh, I mean, I think it's America. There's mm. there's all sorts of different people, you know, and it's it's incredibly sad that in the today's day and age, this is what's happening. Yeah, mental. Um, but I, one thing I can tell you on a positive note about America is that like the people, mm. when you actually go and travel that country and you actually meet the people, mm. they are so generous, they're mm. so caring, they're so loving, they're so um, committed to to service and to and to entrepreneurship mm. and to giving back. You know, there's an incredible spirit over there that sometimes the media, it just gets lost with all this craziness that's happening right now. Why but, did they all vote for Trump? I mean, I don't think they all voted for Trump. Well, but h- I mean, more than half. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of people are frustrated with a lot of things. But um, ultimately, I, I, I really, when I think about America, I think about all the incredible time that I've spent there and, and, mm. the, and the amount of good people. There's so many good people mm. there. And I think it far outweighs... You know, not to discredit what's happening. It's real. It's yeah. it's terrible. It yeah. sucks. No mm. one wants it to be that way. Mm. But ultimately, I feel for the American people because there's a lot of people out there who are just doing incredible things. Yeah. Um, and they don't get enough airtime because of all this craziness that's going on. Did know? you get to Vegas much? <laughs> I spent some time in Vegas. I spent some time in Vegas. Oh, Wouldn't it be man. cool to be there yeah. in the next couple of weeks because there's the massive MMA boxing fight yeah, between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. It, that, that is going to be insane. Who do you think is going to win? <sighs> Man, I know you're a big uh, MMA fan. I, yeah. Whenever I come to the studio, or like, we lived together for a while in here at the spare room, and, and uh, you'd have your, your sewing kit set up in there, and you'd be watching MMA while, yeah. while making one of these jackets. Probably like that one, the champ over there. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I've always been a fan of like uh, boxing and MMA. Like, I remember as a kid, like watching Mike Tyson and just being like, "Same, oh my gosh!" When he when, like, he, when he bit the ear off of Vander Holyfield. Oh, I mean, that was a dark point. I mean, I'm I'm more talking about like when he's like 20 and he's the world champion. He was a machine, and everyone's wearing all this flash like shorts, and he shows up in black short shorts and like black shoes yeah. and black gloves or red gloves. I think he had at the, the enforcer. Time. And he's just like no nonsense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just so a I think, nugget. yeah, and he was just so powerful and so incredible. And so I think like. I've always been kind of attracted to it. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's probably just being a dude as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, Who's going to win? I, I mean, look, man, 
everyone, every boxing expert you talk to or listen to, everyone says McGregor's flop. going down. Yeah, but you know what, man? I just think there's an X factor with that guy. Do you, I don't know if you saw and, the video that just came out on YouTube the yeah. last couple of days where Conor McGregor was actually doing some sparring in the ring. Yeah. And just absolutely pelting the shit out of whoever he was fighting. I think, yeah, Paulie Malinaji, I think his name was Paulie Malinaji. Yeah, I don't, like I don't know who is that guy. Yeah, he's he was a, he's a legit champion boxer. Right. Like he he he's a world champion. He's, um, you know, who knows, man? Like this fight game stuff is crazy. Like it's the the hype, the way they build this stuff. Um, you know, there's so many so many rumors and things going out. Ultimately, I believe. I just I cannot get out of my head that Conor McGregor has a le- more of a legit shot than everyone's giving him credit for. And and he's what twenty eight thirty or something. He's like twenty eight. Floyd's forty. He's fighting a forty year old. Yeah. That surely that's got to come into it. And 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 Conor is at the peak of his career. He's won all those belts. He's won mm. all those titles. Sure, yeah. Surely that is going to make a play. And 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 watching him in in the uh, the sparring match just the last couple of days, mm. he's definitely got some style to him. Sure. He, he, and. I think he's going to have a lot more energy and and uh, and and the rounds go for I think are they five minute rounds three yeah minutes? I think they're three twelve minute rounds three twelve minute uh, and round. I think MMA is like uh, twelve three minute rounds yes twelve sorry twelve three three, three minute rounds yeah um, and MMA is like just three rounds or if it's championship fight it's five yeah it's five five he'll minutes. go the distance for sure oh, yeah I don't know man I think everyone's saying and I kind of agree if he's going to win it's going to be in the first probably five rounds six yeah. rounds he's going to like. Because I think technically, mm. I think Floyd is obviously the best. You know, yeah. like he's forty nine and oh, he's, you know, he's an incredible athlete. Mm. But I think Connor, it's, uh, you know, everyone's writing it off and saying yeah. whatever. Like he doesn't have a chance. Yeah. The, I just, I don't know. I can't get out of my mind that the guy's willpower and he's like, he's just a special human. He, like, he is. He's, he's. If he wins, he will be one of the greatest. Box no, he will be the greatest of athlete of all time. Yeah, that because you don't be walk over, incredible. have never had a professional boxing match, yeah. beat someone who's forty nine and zero, yeah. and actually not be the greatest, greatest athlete that's ever walked the earth. And he's going like, to stands to make uh, hundred to one hundred and fifty million oh, dude, or something. Yeah. He's ridiculous. a winner already, you know. Yeah, like he, I'll get I'll get in there and you punch me in the face for a million. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, mate, that's not maybe do it for less. It's it's going to yeah. be one hell of a spectacle. I, I love the tours that have been going around. Uh, America and and across Europe where they they've just been doing the, the basically the uh, the slag fest where they get yeah. up on stage and just say that they're going to beat each other and people are paying to go in and watch them. Oh man, it's going to be the highest. What well, they're other. saying it's the highest pay per view of of history. Yeah, you know, in the in the history of combat sports. So they've won you know? already. They've mate, they've won already. I mean, Floyd's a businessman. Yeah. he's incredible. Like the guys. It's just a, it's an anomaly. It's, it's you know what? I would laugh so hard if I, if it was like the fourth or fifth round, and McGregor just got knocked off balance. He's a little bit out of it, and he, he forgot where he was, and he just did a massive side kick. <laughs> well, I think they're saying if he if he if he resorted to any of those things, he would lose like his purse. It, yeah, he, he loses yeah. like most of it, yeah. like something like ninety percent of the money. Yeah, right. So it would be you would see a hundred and twenty million dollar kick. <laughs> You'd want to land it, surely, wouldn't you? Surely. You'd want to put it right on the chin. I'd, I'd be uh, taping my feet to the ground or putting you know, lead yeah. in my shoes or something just to stop me from doing it. Dude, I, it's crazy. And you know, they're, now they're going down to um, eight-ounce gloves. So they're, uh, it okay, was, so that, that would be better for McGregor, wouldn't it? Well, they're, sa- they're saying... He likes to do those sort of double-punchy side things. Well, what they're and saying... Is that, uh, is that legal? Is he allowed to do that? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not like a super uh, knowledgeable on the rules of boxing, mm-hmm. but like... Essentially, I think what that does is it. Um, well, they're saying anyway that it's going to give Floyd more speed, like because he's so fast, you know. But it's going to obviously lighter gloves, more speed. Um, but for McGregor, it's going to be, uh, you know, he's obviously going to have way more punching power. Who do you think has uh, more punching power? I mean, I think McGregor has way more punching power, but Floyd is or, or, the defensive or, or, or Floyd, boxer. Floyd's a defensive boxer, yeah, but. He is a boxer. Like he's, he's all his energy and all his power has been focused on boxing, right? And and not like swinging back punches or flying karate kicks or right, any of that shit. Right, right. Like it's it's all coming from the sheer, you know, moving up Technical. Your, your 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 body weight through your legs, through your shoulders, yeah. And then and then putting that he's just got mastered the art of the punch. So surely yeah. he's going to be more powerful than than McGregor. You don't think well, so? I mean, if you look at his history, he hasn't knocked anyone out a long yeah, that's time. True. Like yeah. almost twenty years. Yeah, you know. So I, you know, that history sort of speaks for itself there. Mm. But I mean, McGregor's the bigger guy, um, and I, you know, he's obviously he's proved his power in the MMA mm. world. You know, he's incredible. Have you, you know? have you seen um, 
Uh, McGregor, he was on uh, Conan O'Brien last night. <laughs> and I was watching him. He said, I'm going to dismantle him. I'm going to pull him apart. It's, it's game over for him. He's, <laughs> he's still slagging him on the telly. And saying, oh, yeah. It's I always mean, going to happen. I, what I love about that guy is he's such a good trash talker. Yeah. He's like... I, my favorite comment of the whole thing was like, if this was a real fight, I would kill you. <laughs> and the fact is that in life, yeah. no one's ever said that to Floyd Mayweather before. Mm. And it's actually true. Yeah. If Floyd Mayweather got into an octagon, mm. into a cage, he would be done mm. in like less than a yeah. round. Well, Jimmy, you know what I mean? Jimmy Kimmel asked Mayweather the other night if he would get in the octagon and yeah. have that fight. And he goes, let's just fight this one first. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So do you think he would even be considering Absolutely it? Absolutely not a chance, No dude. way would he. He would get killed he, would he, get he has made his money shreds. He, he, he there is no need i mean those guys who are doing that have mm. put 20 years of their life yeah. into commitment of mixed martial arts yeah. you don't walk in there no. you know the fact that you know that he would even consider that is to me like you know hilarious if it's never going to happen on that note let's have our own fighting master art that, that, okay. we're, that we're quite good at yeah uh one two three four i declare a thumb war thumb war kai brown and mike goldman Let's what see who will win. One, two, three, four. I declare thumb war. Thank you very much for watching and listening to On The Mic as we fight off this thumb war. If you're watching oh. it on YouTube. Oh, I, shit. Okay, that's it. You win. I yeah, got it. That's fine. Thanks, uh, Thank you for uh, having a listen. If you want to check out Kai's stuff, uh, all my relations on Instagram. And if you want to talk to him, I believe you can speak to people can speak to you on Instagram as well. Or if Yeah, yeah. Uh, just my website's allmyrelationsco.com. Yep. Just send me an email if you uh, want to chat about a jacket or um, you have a customization question. Um, always Instagram, get all my underscore relations. Yeah. Do you get a free CD with every jacket? Uh, I don't think I have any CDs. I, <laughs> no, they're, they're all like holding my coffee cups. Just buy the music, <laughs> will you? It's available on iTunes and you can also get it at kybrownmusic.com. Kybrownmusic.com for uh, all the tunes. And yeah, you can hear all the music on iTunes and Spotify. And Great songs. And stick with the music, man. I know you're focused on these incredible yeah, no, jackets will, that you're man. doing, but, but you've, you've done so much in your musical career. And I really, yeah. I, I really want to see you record more music and release yeah. it because I think there's big things ahead for the Brownster. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your support always. And um, it's been fun chatting with you. Sorry about all the wind. How's the wind? It's what I ate last night. So it's usually so mellow and quiet in here, and today it's like a hurricane. Just get out of here. Get yeah. some lunch. Get some lunch.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 